0: In this season of Epiphany, here at St. Peter's, we have been focusing on developing a capacity for spiritual discernment, or recognizing and responding to God's presence and activity in our midst. Epiphany is a season for actively seeking, as the Magi did when they searched the skies until they discovered a new thing that God was doing. They left what they knew to seek the light of God's presence. In Epiphany, we pray, Lord, I want to perceive where you are and what you're doing. Our lectionary readings for today paint stark contrasts, the light of God's presence and activity and the ubiquity of darkness around us. Moses's invitation to choose life and what is good rather than death and what is evil. The Ignatian tradition Teaches us, to choose, uh, teaches us to become discerning by attending to two such contrasts, consolation and desolation. St. Ignatius described consolation as an interior movement in the soul through which the soul comes to be inflamed with love of its creator and Lord. It's a warming, a softening, or a move towards gratitude or love. He also described consolation as every increase in hope, faith, and charity, and all interior joy, which calls and attracts to heavenly things and to the salvation of one's soul. Consolation brings interior quiet and clarity, peace, levity, and refreshment. Our circumstances don't have to be easy in order for us to experience consolation. We might be grieving a serious loss or facing something really scary, but have an inner assurance that God loves us, is near to us, and can be trusted. And though we need to go inward to notice it, consolation draws us outward, away from our egos and the ways we try to protect ourselves and towards God, towards others, even our enemies. By contrast, desolation is a movement towards darkness. Ignatius wrote about desolation as disturbance and unquiet. The soul is drawn to agitations and temptations. We may feel a lack of confidence, hope, and love. Desolation doesn't just draw us inward. It leads us to curve in on ourselves. Ultimately, desolation is a deep sense of being separated from God's presence. Consolation and desolation are experienced at a gut level, a place more fundamental than our thoughts and feelings. Becoming aware of this movement of consolation and desolation in our souls is a helpful tool for discernment. When we're seeking to know and do God's will, and we're faced with a difficult choice, we may find one decision brings us a sense of consolation. It brings satisfaction, a sense of possibility, a glimmer of joy. At Family Table a week and a half ago, Kimberly Malone shared that in her training to become a spiritual director, she learned to pay attention to what shimmers. What a beautiful notion. We might experience a move towards consolation when one choice shimmers as we sit with it, while the other choice is dull and flat. As we consider that choice, it leads us to disappointment or anxiety. Maybe it reinforces our ego or a pattern of our false selves. Noticing these movements in our souls can help us discern where God is leading us. Ruth Haley Barton, whom Christine interviewed a couple weeks back, has this to say about our Old Testament lection from today. She says, in Deuteronomy, God addresses the whole company of Israel and says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. He says that the wisdom that enables us to choose life is not something that we'll find out there in heaven or across the ocean, but but that this knowing is very near to us in our mouths and in our hearts for us to notice and observe. In other words, it is a visceral in the body experience. We can make it our habit to notice and respond to these things that give us life from day to day, so that when we face big decisions, we're in touch with what is truest about God, ourselves and our world, and can choose the abundant life that Jesus came to give. What I've shared so far is pretty abstract. And as I spent time with God to prepare for today, I sense God prompting me to share about a specific time when I was faced with a difficult choice and needed to discern how God would have me move forward. So here goes. Most of you have already probably heard me talk about growing up in more evangelical and reformed streams of Christianity. There's a lot of good that came out of that experience, but it was confusing to make sense of a gay identity in that context. I was formed to believe that queer identities were idolatrous and that faithfulness to God required lifelong singleness since marriage was reserved for cis male and cis male and cis female couplings. In my late 20s and early 30s, this worldview led me to increasing despair, loneliness and envy. And to make uh, matters worse, I had this wonderful summer where I made a number of new friends, including Ryan and I felt confused and giddy and trapped. The experience forced me to wrestle with God deeply as I reconsidered the tradition I had been raised in, especially the teaching on human sexuality. I turned to the spiritual resources that I had been taught to nurture, studying the Bible, prayer, and counsel from trusted people. I wasn't aware of it at the time, but the ways I knew to use those resources were more rational than spiritual. And by spiritual, I simply mean guided by the Holy Spirit. I studied the so-called clobber passages. I read a half dozen books that explained traditional and affirming readings of those texts. I listened to a bunch of podcasts on the topic, about sums me up. Uh, at that point, to my frustration, Neither set of arguments totally convinced me. Can you see what I mean that these resources were more cognitive or more rational than spiritual? I couldn't have expressed it at the time, but I believed that my thinking self would get me as close to God's will as possible. I prayed for the Holy Spirit to guide me to clarity, but I was assured that clarity would come from parsing arguments for and against had such limited vision for the possibility that God could lead me through my interiority. I feared that to be with God and to go inward would reveal the illegitimacy of my desire, that my longing for a relationship would be revealed to be basic idolatrous desire for sex. In Christine's interview with Ruth Haley Barton, we heard her talk about how discernment begins with the prayer for indifference. That we would be indifferent to anything but God's will. I was not indifferent uh, about starting a relationship or wanting a relationship with Ryan. But my relationship with Jesus had a lot of history. And I knew that I was only going to ever be at peace if I were seeking to know and do God's will. So I was really honest with God in prayer. Naming the outcome that I wanted, asking for the grace to accept whatever God worked out. During that season, uh, Ryan and I started worshiping at All Angels. And we got to know Christine. And that's where I was introduced to the practice of spiritual discernment and consolation and desolation as tools for discernment. Started listening to the deepest desires of my soul and since the movements of consolation and desolation within. You can probably predict the results. (laughs) Um, When I would seek God in solitude and silence and contemplated a life of singleness, I felt the movement of desolation. A knot in my stomach tightened with sadness and my shoulders slumped with frustration and resignation. When I contemplated a relationship, something shimmered. I felt a lightness and a quiet, a stifled hope emerge from deep in my belly. Afterwards, however, I experienced a series of questions and accusations. Are you prepared to deal with your parents' reactions? How will you bear disappointing your church friends and mentors? What if this relationship doesn't work out? If you're wrong about this, you might already be on a path to trouble that you can't turn around. At first, these reactions produced inertia, more inertia. They contributed to me feeling stuck and trapped. But with more time in silence and solitude, and in conversation with trusted friends, I was able to discern that these reactions were rooted in an attempt to protect myself, and ultimately a lack of trust in God. It's been helpful for me to notice when new ideas or questions, uh, where they come from when I'm sitting with God, I can typically sense if they're coming from within me, and often those are sort of those self-protective patterns, or if I have a sense that they're coming from outside of me because something is new or unexpected, something I wouldn't have come up with on my own. And so I sensed a new question emerging. Would I trust God with all of myself, with my deep desires, with my future, with my reputation, with my soul? And all this eventually brought me to a decision. I believed that God does indeed bless queer relationships and I sensed an invitation to pursue a relationship with Ryan. I'm getting to share this with you at the threshold of another opportunity for discernment in my life. I've become aware of a desire to make caring for people's souls my main work. So I've entered into a a formal discernment process to listen for whether God would have me be a priest one day. I'll keep you posted. In the meantime, you can pray for the poor folks that are gonna have to listen to me (laughs) month over month talking about my life. In sharing this morning, my hope is to encourage you and to equip you to choose life. And uh, to choose that life by seeking God's will and by responding in love. So as we often do to close, I want to make a little space for us to listen and to respond. And after two minutes, I'll close us with a prayer by Thomas Merton. Here's how I'd invite you to reflect. How is God inviting you to actively seek? Do you sense a shimmer of invitation from God? And is there a decision that you're facing? Can you sense consolation or desolation as you weigh those options? my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will doesn't mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know nothing, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though it may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen.